Hello and welcome to Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And just wanted to give you a quick little shout out and welcome to our very first podcast. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this is definitely our first time recording this, hey Ben? Yeah, sound more enthused, Chris, like we haven't done this three <laughs> times already. Uh, we do apologise. We're supposed to, uh, we wanted to get this out last week. Um, we've had a bit of recording issues being our first time and all, but... Um, but we are very determined yeah. to give you the best quality and the best product that we absolutely can give. So, Excellent. look, there is a little bit of a, a rough structure, so we decided to go about team by team, so that way if you want to re-listen to any of your favourite teams, you don't have to listen to two or three or four at once. Yeah, just from a user perspective, it's just easier just being able to click on one team at a time. Even if they're short, you'd just be able to go straight into that team um, and review those players in that team instead of going right through a podcast and scheming through. Yeah, um, and I think... I think our intro is very much in tune with the, you know, we all love footy, so we don't like to wait till the weekend. So when the Friday comes around, it's Hello Friday. Yeah, apart I, from those, uh, those Thursday games, which uh, unfortunately hinder that. <laughs> well, especially when you're working and they're yeah. playing at like 6.30pm because of daylight savings. Rolling knockouts are fun, hey? We won't get into that. So, <laughs> Chris, I believe you are looking at the Adelaide Crows. Yeah, we'll get right into it. Um, Adelaide's the first cab off the rank, of course, and there is a, quite a lot of super coach relevancy. Um, so there's quite a lot to talk about. Uh, what we've really structured here is we're going to go through guns, mid-prices, breakouts, a uh, bit of the hospital ward, who's who's up and running, who's uh, coming back from surgery, etc. Uh, we also want to focus quite heavily on uh, a draft as well. Um, my personal experience is mostly with standard with some draft over the last few years, and, and Ben's quite the opposite. He's had more draft than standard experience. Um, so do you want to go through a little bit about yourself, Ben? Um, yeah, so I actually quite like draft. I think it helps you keep an eye on those people that might not be so much Supercoach relevance in the standard team. Um, you see, you really get an eye for how they're performing and um, gives you some sort of insight as for the future. But that was what I predominantly started with. I, I really like draft. I like the competitive edge and we you know, usually verse some mates. I think with draft as well, you do pay a lot more attention to um, to players and, their, and trends, especially short-term trends, because you need to be watching on the waiver. You need to be trying to identify you know, who's coming up next and who's got a good run of games so you can do some tr sneaky trading with other people and things like that. So I have standards. never done a dodgy, <laughs> dodgy trade in my life, the, Chris. The guy that would literally trade his soul to get three points per game increase on average over here, Ben, he'll... he'll uh, He'll do that to you. So. Well, if you don't sell your soul, then you shouldn't be playing Supercoach, <laughs> as, far, as far as I'm concerned. It's a, it's a good mantra. <laughs> <laughs> sell your soul, play Supercoach, yeah. and listen to our That's podcast. That's going to be our new tagline. So so you, you can find us on uh, Twitter, as people have already. So it is um, Supercoach Insider. So Chris, it is SC underscore Insider underscore. Yep. And, and the Facebook is just uh, facebook.com forward slash SC Insider. SC Insider. I think it's catchy. Actually, I had somebody comment saying uh, SCI. Oh. Supercoach Insider. Nice. I thought that was very right. catchy. And uh, whoever that was, I will claim it. <laughs> Thank you very much. And also a quick little shout out to uh, Supercoach Bull and the Sergeant Supercoach. Um, really appreciate the support already, guys. And as we speak, we are nearing on 100 uh, followers, which is I insane. Think absolutely insane. Yeah. So let me have a quick little look, and we're on 98. So hopefully by the time this, uh, by the time you hear this, we will be pimping with a thousand likes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably not going to happen. I like your optimism though. <laughs> yeah. So usually we're going to stick with what guns first. Yeah, we'll go through guns, mid prices, etc. Well, you'll learn the format. It will be the same over the next few podcasts, um, and then we'll as we'll go, we'll do a review of the JLT. We'll do a review of the AFLX. We'll do team reveals, draft strategies, all that sort of stuff as well. And if you have any suggestions, feel free to hit us up as well. We are more than happy to take some um, criticism or suggestions. Excellent. 
more so, more so the latter. Yeah, 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 definitely did. Um, we're also a little bit of uh, a banter prone, and we do like to quote movies. So just as a, as a pre-warner, uh, so pre-warning, um, we do like to have a bit of fun with it. It's not just all about, um, you know, just Supercoach and just only focusing on Supercoach. Um, you got to have a bit of fun there too. So it is about the fun. All right. Um, so Adelaide, first up. Um, I've categorised these in the way that I think that they should be approached in terms of when you're looking at Adelaide players, you should be looking at A, B, or C in that order. Uh, first cab off the rank for me is Matt Crouch. Um, absolute ball magnet, guys. Um, last three years, he's gone 68, 93, 110. Uh, he's only going to get better. I think the addition of Gibbs helps him extremely. Um, another guy that they can tag in the Adelaide midfield other than Sloan that's not Crouch. So it really will free him up. Well, he had a crazy back end to the year as oh, well. Yeah. I mean, his look, last 15 games, he averaged 121.5. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he was very consistent. Like, uh, you know, versing some people that had him, even as a captain option, like he was just pumping out really quality numbers. Yeah, and considering that he's... Uh, he, his high score was only 146. So to be averaging that, that just screams consistency to me. And high consistency too. Uh, so I do believe that he is probably their most important super coach player. And he's just going to keep banging out tons for you. So he's definitely worth the coin in standard. Um, in terms of uh, how I think he'll go this year, I've tipped him to go around that 120 mark for an average. So I'm really hoping that he actually increases that. But really, this guy's the limit. Uh, still young, still got a lot of, uh, a lot of way to go. And you're not going to tag him. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, he's not going to get that much attention from oppositions um, yet. Uh, or so we can see, or so we can forecast. Well, not when you can tag Rory Crumble Sloan, who, yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll get into in a second, but, you know, he goes 170 and then 50, you know, so. Um, and then, look, he's the same price as Sloan, too. So for 608k, which I think is just stupid value for someone who, over a half a season, averaged 125 on the back end, I think the value is there. Um, he's got chance to improve, and because of his consistency, he's probably not going to be someone that you can just pick up in round 10 because he's had a couple of dud games. It's probably not going to be that guy. Um, so I think he, you either start him or you probably won't have him for the rest of the year. He's just going to be always in that 600k barrier, which is yep. really hard to trade to. Kind of like the Tom Mitchell sort of ones. The, yeah. The consistent yeah. ones you want to start with because the inconsistent ones will get cheaper. Whereas I'm not that worried about Tom Mitchell, for instance, because I feel like I can get him at the end around the buy time and he's going to cost me as much as he would have. Yeah, we're going to differ, differ on that one. Yeah. But... <laughs> or you start with him and then you, you upgrade to your Dusties and, and so forth. Yeah, definitely. Um, also in terms of a draft position, I really see him going quite high. Um, however, he might be one that slides because he, he only averaged 110 at the end of the year. Um, so even though 125 in the last 12, a lot of people don't look at that or they won't have the knowledge or experience to look at that. So he may slide to the back end of the first round. Um, you're, you're hoping, well, you're hoping he's very much slides. <laughs> um, we have a, a 10 team league in our draft. Uh, so our first round is going to be one to ten, yep. uh, and I'm probably going to be pick ten or nine this year. You're shaping up. I have locked in danger already. I'm pick number one, yeah, but we will are. give you. We will do a podcast actually for the update to give those that are wanting to play some draft to give you an insight on how where people are picked, who got picked ahead, and we are running our draft on uh, February 17. Yeah. So we'll do an update after that. We definitely will be. Yeah, and I think that he's someone that. I, I rate him inside top five. I think he's one of the uh, five best mids in the comp. And for a captain option, because of his consistency, I think it's there. So, personally, I would choose him in the top five, um, but not a lot of people will. So, I am really hoping that uh, that he does get out to my pick. But 
Yeah. Um, it's, it's each their own. It's all speculation, but I really do rate Matt Crouch as an option. So. And not only that, between picks 6 and 15, there's not much to, like, yeah, differentiating. So you've got all... your, elite, your elite four, maybe, mm. four or five, but after that, it's really speculative, and you can go with any sort of direction you like. Yeah, and then, I mean, you get straight into Rory Sloan, which is that next tier. So... Um, I do rate Rory Sloan. I love Rory Sloan. I love watching him play. I think he's absolutely and fantastic. Segway. Yeah, I, was, uh... <laughs> I was doing this a lot the other night, by the way. Um, Segway is not really my strong suit, <laughs> but I saw an option. I can't take it. Um, look, Rory Sloan. I really do love. It. I love watching him play. Um, I, he plays very similar to Sel with that guy that just jumps in there and gets the hard ball. But he's also got a lot of polish as well. And because of that, unfortunately, he really impacts a game and gets tagged consistently. Um, so he will have those games where he'll, he'll output 60, 70, 80, uh, and really impact his average and of course his purchase price point. So definitely a guy that I see myself, uh, targeting for an after the buy special. Um, I think at some years he's come down even to just over 500k, 550k. And, and he's a very good vice captain. Like yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mm. picking him as my captain just because of those ups and downs. He's going to hurt you, especially at double points. Yeah. Uh, but a vice captain, if you can get him in that second round for draft or even, you know, get him when he's a bit cheaper after he gets tagged for a couple of games, he's yeah. someone that you could put on as a VC. Uh, here's also a fun fact as well. He averages better against top eight sides. Mm. Um, something you think you're like, oh, they're versing a weak opposition, and I thought this before yeah, I actually looked at the it. stats. But he does worse. He lets other people do all the running. He lets them do the grunt work. Whereas against top eight sides, he averages 129 in 2017. And that's only going to help him because obviously Adelaide have a tough draw. You know, becoming number one, winning the minor premiership. They do verse the top six top sides. I think five of the top six sides twice. Yep. Um, which I think the only one that's not is Port Adelaide, who are on the improve anyway, or supposedly on the improve. Um, so I, I see Sloan, unfortunately, though, I mean, his last three years are 105, 108, 110. Um, that's probably where he sits because he has those huge games and then those low games. Unfortunately, I mean, it reflects poorly on his average. Yep. More consistency. I mean, if Sloan was the consistent player, oh. he could average 120 easily. But, you know, picking that and just saying, oh, yeah, well, this is his year, that's just, you're guessing. You yep. know, you're not using any relevant information to make that decision, so. One plus side is, is that since 2015, Sloan has actually hit 120 or more in 22 of his games. Yeah. Which is basically, when if he goes he, big, he goes well, that's big. about, that's about one third. So for one in every three games, he's going large. Yep. Which is awesome. I mean, look, I would never say, do not pick Leroy Sloan. I just think that, uh, and this is where it really comes into consideration, Unfortunately, Adelaide have uh, the worst buy, which is round 14, I believe. So it's the last buy, um, and unfortunately, you've got other teams such as, I think it's Geelong, Frio, so if you, if you look at your danger, your Fife, um, GWS as well, um, so your Kelly or your Coniglio. And a really... lot of people starting lead. There's a lot of, 41% yeah. I saw today, And lead. now Shored, Shored, oh, sorry, Shore, Shore, Shored. Shore. Uh, sure as well. I mean, so you're looking at, um, you've got to try and minimize, unfortunately, the amount of players you're having in that buy because it's going to hit you. And there are strategies around that which we'll get into, but I don't think you can carry both Crouch and Sloan in. If you're going to choose an Adelaide mid, you really can only choose one. Yep. Um, so if you're going to choose Sloan, don't choose Crouch. If you're going to choose Crouch, don't choose Sloan. Um, and therefore, that kind of rounds out Bryce Gibbs, I think. I was about to say, and the next man. Yeah. Um, so, which I'd, I, this unfortunate, the people who are, who are going for Gibbs, um, I'm not exactly sure why you're doing that. I mean, you'd have to completely overlook Crouch and Sloan as, as options and PODs. And I saw someone's team, I think it was yesterday, saying, you know, like, you know, giving feedback, which is, you know, we're happy to do. Um, you know, with Gibbs in the side, I was, you know, 
if you want to go for a point of difference for that sake only, then sure. But at the same time, he also had a lot of scores under 100. Yeah, I mean, look, last year was supposed to be his best ever year. and like He played really well. I, I personally thought that Gibbs had a really good year. And some games he blew everyone away. He got over 200 in one game. You think that because yeah. of those highs, though. But he only hit 120 or more in four games. Yep. But he went under 112. Yep. And he only averaged 102, which is actually not even his best return. The year before was better than that. Well, the year before he had seven scores of 120 plus, which makes it... And here's the here's the interesting thing. So, okay, there is speculation he might go behind the ball. That doesn't help his average if that happens. Um, And then, of course, he's the third midfielder in that group, you know, behind uh, your Crouch and your Sloan. Well, he's already the third midfielder behind Murphy and Cripps at, at the Blues. So... I don't think going He's the that. number one with a man button. Yeah, that's all The that number is. one man button. That's true. No I one mean, can take that from him. Personally, I mean, if I had to choose between, you know, Gibbs, Murphy, Cripps, and Sloan, Crouch, and Gibbs, they're pretty even in terms of midfield, in terms of output, especially last year. So I'm, uh, I'm not too sure why people are thinking that Gibbs will have this fantastic year, other than the fact that he's changing clubs. There's really no reason to go, yeah, he's going to have a great year. There's no evidence behind that. So... I'm pretty much against Gibbs in general, apart from draft, where I think he might provide value. But he'll probably go earlier because someone will jump at Gibbs, um, you know, early and, and where I don't see his value. So well, you'll see a Carlton fan trying to sort of you know clutch at the good days. <laughs> yeah, that's he's right. moved club, but I still want him. And that's yeah. kind of like me and Rockliffe. Uh, you and you and Yo, right? Is that, is no, that we are not going to Yo. <laughs> you keep trying to do this it's gonna every happen. time. It's going to happen. 60% of the time, it does not happen every time. <laughs> I'm on the Yo chain just for those who are not on the Yo train. Um, and of course, so the the uh, the next premium that we'll go through is Rory Laird. Um, big big raps in him, as can be seen now. 41%, that's, that's insane. I don't know why. Um, well, I can tell you why. Uh, because half of them are in the bloody hospital. <laughs> the the hospital were Doherty... Zach Williams, actually, Zach Williams still has a one point six percent ownership, which I find no, funny that's because fantastic they, for us. <laughs> they must not read the news um, or listen to this podcast. There look, you go. Uh, look, everyone's on the on the lead train, and I'm not saying that he is a great choice, but you're paying what you're going to get from him. You're not getting any value out of out of the pick, and he's someone that will again have a stinker and be able to pick up later. So, um, yes, I think he will be a top six forward. Um, but I think that there's a lot of value in the in defence this year, particularly in rookies. So you're looking at um, some decent rookies out there, plus some locks such as, in my opinion, Shaw. So you're trying to say that the yo-yo will not indeed yo-yo? No, I'm, well, I'm just saying that uh, I've got a little faith this year. <laughs> we'll come, we will get to yo later, but I, I personally think that yo is a better pick. Overall. So more faith than the person at the Lions trying to sign contracts? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Did you see that video? That was hilarious. So for those that haven't actually caught on, I'm a, a big Lions supporter. I think we might have mentioned it even in a couple of um, tweets or at least on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Chris here follows Collingwood. Hey, all. And uh, he's still pretty mighty, dirty. Mighty pies. Uh, but look, he had his best year last year, Led, and he had a, a little bit of uh, mid-time. He wasn't in there all the time, of course. But let's say he had 10 to 15% mid-time. That's gone now with the arrival of Gibbs. So he's not going to have the ability to push into the midfield and, and increase his average. Yeah, but at the same time, he's always going to the best, like, small forward. So it's mm. not like his role's going to get any harder when he goes into the back line. He's already playing on some of the best talent. So realistically, he, there's he, no outlet. He does outlet. float behind the ball, which I like. Yes, and there's no outlet, so they're going to look to use him. So, I mean, if he gets shut down and there's no outlet, then sure, his scores may be affected. But for 
you know, games that they don't pay many attention, I mean, they're going to look to him because all of their ball users, you've got Smith is gone, um, you've also got, you know, Levo has gone to Melbourne, you mm-hmm. know, not for the money. And um, so, <laughs> you know, they're going to want to use... Hashtag sarcasm. Yeah, they're going to want to use him as, as often as possible. So yeah. I think he's, he's got really good value in a year where defence is really hard to pick. Yeah, well, and I think forty-one percent agree with me. I believe forty-one percent. I'm not saying he's a terrible choice. I would not say that um, that uh, that he's not going to average what he averaged last year. He averaged a hundred, and that's a solid return for a defender. Look, until you saying... put him in your side, I will not <laughs> believe a word you say. I just think that he's going to be the sort of guy that you can upgrade to, and he has a bad buy. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off, and I'm gonna try and approach to him after the buy. That's my plan at this stage. But in a year where they won the minor premiership and everyone was hailing Adelaide as the best team in the comp and it was amazing, he literally increased his average by 3.4 points per game. There's just no value in the pick, in my opinion. So yes, he will be top six. So it's not a bad thing to select him, uh, but I just think that he's going to be able to be picked up later for a good price. That's all I'll say about Laird. So you, you, it, it's really each to their own until Laird, and a lot of people are getting on the train, which is fine by me. Now, um, same person, I think, uh, or same approach I'm going to take to the next person, which is Sam Jacobs. So, uh, there's been a lot of speculation as to the Rucks this year. Big source. Yeah, and uh, all big source. Look, I'll give him one thing. He does generally get on the park. um, But having looked at um, a little bit of history into Sam Jacobs, he really hasn't been on the park that much comparatively. So... The big, uh, the big talking point is, you know, Nick Nat and, and what's he going to output and, and is he going to be safe in your team? Uh, before last year, which was the year where he blew his knee um, and didn't play the entire season, he actually only played nine more games um, than Nick Nat over the last six years, which is really, like, nothing. Yeah, so end of 2016. Yeah, and in that time, unfortunately, his, his output just wasn't there at the end of the day. Um, if you have a look... His last three years were 108, where he was the top-scoring supercoach Ruckman. Um, 86 the next year, so literally a 22-point-per-game drop. And then 95 the next year, again in a year where he won the minor premiership in a side that dominated with one of the best midfields in the comp. Um, So is there room for him to naturally increase his average? Maybe. But there's no real reason to believe otherwise, other than the fact that you've got Gibbs, who's just another midfielder you can tap down to. So I'm I'm not sold on the on the Jacob selection as a replacement for Nick Nat at this point. Um, there would have to be some serious adjustments, but in draft, he's he's a good point point of difference or option down there, and um, you know he you might get you into the five or sixth ruckman yep. selection. But the the thing with draft, even the same in standard, there's not much differentiation between Jacobs and a Steph Martin, yeah, and even like what McAvoy averaged like ninety five. So yeah, yep. Zach Smith, they're all basically around the same. So if you miss out on one. There's not much of a difference unless you really prefer and you're an Adelaide supporter and you really jump at your preference. Yeah. You're not going to be missing out on many points. And he's got that buy. You know, that it's a killer. It's a real killer for anyone that's... This is the first year I've really taken buys in consideration because there's so many premiums that all have that buy and it's really going to impact. So unless your plan is tank that round and load up the other two. Well, not only that, normally you're used to sort of having, what, um, six teams per buy, but mm-hmm. because of the yep. port and the Gold Coast, there's one buy round, and I believe it could be even the first one with Carlton and Collingwood or something like that. There's not many teams. There's like four teams in that buy, yeah. which means that... Carlton, Hawthorne... Yeah, so there's not going to be there's not going to be too many people scoring low scores, whereas if you have those premiums from other games where there's six teams missing, and even in draft, 
you know, it, you, you can really be at a disadvantage. And that's that's what we're talking yeah. about. One, one round could ruin the entire year for you this year. So you, you just got to be careful with how you approach that this year and more than any other year, I think. So um, now getting into some mid-price action, um, there's quite a, a few mid-prices, but the, in terms of super coach, I don't think any of them are relevant in standard. Um, they're mainly relevant in draft, and I'll just list these guys off. So you've got Tex Walker, Tom Lynch, Eddie Betts, Atkins, and Greenwood. The only one from that bunch I'd say has breakout potential is Atkins. I think he's got a lot more uh, room to move, and he could be used behind the ball, which may see his average increased. Um, um, they're mooting him as a potential for someone like a Brody Smith to go behind the ball and really provide that run and carry. Um, I love watching him play. He's an absolute lightning. I wish he was at the Pies. Um, and he does have a high ceiling because of that uh, that chance. So Subtle name drop. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's really the only one that I can see really increasing that. Um, and then secondary to that is Eddie Betts. He did have actually a down year in terms of super coach last year. Um, but he's just an excitement machine. I like choosing players, especially in draft, that just add that little X factor. People that you might want to watch. Yeah, because your last, your last forward or your last two forwards in draft they're either going to really annoy you with their up and downness, or that you know at least you have a, a fun time watching them. So yeah, but you're, um, you're dangerous picking any sort of small forward um, to be in your side, regardless. Yeah. I think. And look, I think Tom Lynch and Tex Walker, you know, if they have a good year, they're going to average eighty-five to ninety. So they're not going to be real like high-end premiums for standard, but they might push you up that little bit in draft. Yeah, they're um, not like a, a like a Walters or even a. Um, Wingard or something, Wingard, who, yeah. who can get some midfield time. They've got that sort of versatility. And they explode when they yeah. do. Yeah. I also think, um, unfortunately, Greenwood's probably the biggest sufferer from Gibbs coming in. I think that they would pr- provide that uh, same output. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that, if they use Greenwood that way. Not just Gibbs, even. You've got uh, Gibson coming in as well, yeah. the running machine. Yeah, running um, machine that turns over the ball. I mean, the only seconds. the only benefit um, that we were talking about with uh, Greenwood is he does score 0. 0.9 points per minute, which is actually quite a good return if he can get a super coach positive role and get the minutes on field, which is probably the big thing. He's more of a bench player. Yeah, at definitely this point. a bench option. So, you know, if you're looking to just get someone on the bench who could go anywhere or could go somewhere and um, and you want a little bit of a smoky, um, I definitely would say Greenwood's in that boat. Um, in terms of rookies, uh, there's definitely one that's on everyone's radar, and if he's not on your radar, he should be, and that's Dodi, a uh, clear standout, and he's definitely mooted to take over Lever's position. Um, so just a little bit of background on him. Uh, he actually was pick 17 in the 2015 draft, and he has had a slow development. However, last year, he led the Sandful for intercept possessions. Um, so the guy who you know, sits behind the ball and he can read the play really well, and that's Adelaide to a T. You know, they do have a lot of forward pressure. They have a lot of uh, high kicks uh, back into their defense, um, which means that there's a lot of mop-ups to do, and I think that Dodi can go really well. Um, if he starts round one, I think he'll be in 90% of teams, um, and a great option to have uh, starting your bench in uh, Supercoach Standard for sure. Um, just further on that, he did average 17 disposals and five marks per game, which is just awesome for a rookie. Yep. For um, someone who can average you 60, 65 and, and get some good cash out of it. I'm also hearing good things about Fogarty, but he's, for me, more yeah. expensive and one to watch. Um, you know, They do praise him for his you know being able to break through and, and get some good clearances and that sort of thing. But at the same time, it's all, at this point in time, speculative. So just keep an eye on him. He is more expensive. And for me, I don't want to have too many of those on field. Yeah. Just the ones that are really guaranteed to play, and when you're breaking into a you know uh, a team that just went into the grand final, 
Um, I see him not really as much as a certainty. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's a mid-forward type, but you know, the only mid-forward position really is that is that Cameron. He's not really an explosive forward. Yeah, and more... Greenwood's even fighting for that, and he's more experienced. Yeah, um, I'm not entirely sure where he'll be, but he will play in the JLT. I mean, it's a watch watch this space at the moment with Fogarty, but uh, we'll see how we go with that. I think he could definitely um, benefit for some time in AFL, but it may not be until later in the year, so it may be a good downgrade option during the year for sure. Um, hospital ward, do you want to go through that? Yeah, so the hospital ward, um, you're looking at uh, Tex Walker had minor finger and ankle surgeries in the off-season, um, so they did put him down as full training after Christmas, but any kind of you know, key position player or any sort of, you know, player that you might be considering if they've had a, a you know some surgeries or a bit of a delayed season they generally don't start too well so they're one of the ones that you just want to keep an eye on mm-hmm. um you also had tom lynch had uh, glandular fever uh which really restricted his movement in the off season so he did come back fairly early but at the same time it makes you wonder how long he had been suffering for that for um, whether he had that at the end of the season or whether he just didn't do anything yeah but... we had tom lynch pegged as someone who could break out last year um, and unfortunately, just didn't quite hit where we wanted him to achieve. Um, and it, you know, it, he could be the one that you know, that was restricting him, and then all of a sudden, bang, he's the he's the guy that we all hoped he would be. Well, the good thing with Tom Lynch is he spends eighty seven percent of time on ground, mm. which means that particularly as that link in man, I think they might yeah. have a more of a need for him this year. Whereas last year you had you know Charlie Cameron sort of running up the field and and whatnot. Whereas I think uh, they really need Tom Lynch this yeah. year to step really up and be that link to see him at the Lions, even though I hate the Lions. <laughs> I was going to say Charlie, yeah, Charlie Cameron. Yeah, well, <laughs> fingers crossed. But um, the next one we're looking at is Hugh Greenwood had uh, minor foot surgery, and that was in November. So pretty much looking at around full training just at the start of this year, just gone. So one to keep an eye on. And obviously Brody Smith has done an ACL. They say out for the year, but oh, he might return sort of late in the year, which you basically... You don't want him then anyway. No, rules him out. So even if he come back in, comes back and plays round 19, I am not picking him in any format at all whatsoever. Yeah, don't don't even bother about him. Put a line from right now, delete him from your spreadsheet and just get him over and done with. Um, now, in terms of breakouts, I've really already covered this, but definitely the two to watch out for, Atkins, um, I think a potential breakout. Um, and Crouch to be to go from that next level, from that 110 average up to that 120. Um, draft relevancy. So we'll, we'll touch base on this as well. What we want to do is give you an estimate of where we see draft players falling so that you can see where the true value lies. Um, a lot of that's going to be through... Uh, this could change from, from league to league, of course, but what you shouldn't do is pick someone early just because you think that they might go great. You want to choose them where they should go and then that provides you with extra value. Um, now, first of all, in terms of Crouch, again, we said uh, end first round, likely. Um, yeah, between 5 and 10 would be the most accurate, yep. I think. Uh, Rory Sloan, uh, probably early second. So we're looking at 10 to 15 mark for Sloan. He could bump out to that sort of 15 to 20, but it'd no, be no, unlikely. No. Unlikely. He's more. I think he's about 8th highest average or ninth highest average. Yeah. So he realistically, people might just pick him based on averages, which is what a lot of players will do. Exactly You'll right. have the four guys in your comp. Uh, you'll know who they are because they look at the averages going, okay, well, Cruz is the best ruck option this year because he averaged 108 or whatever it is. So, uh, I, yeah, I say probably around that pick 8 to 14 because, again, he's a really good vice-captain option, yep. someone that can get you big scores. The thing you've got to be aware of is that also you'll have people like Fife that'll go early. You'll have people like Pendles that should go early as well. So account for those guys and then you know evaluate where you think they will go based on that, and that's where you'll find your pick. I'm hoping Pendles pick 11, to be oh, honest. Oh, yeah, of course you are. <laughs> 
I was hoping to um, to get uh, either Pendles or Crouch with pick 10. So we'll see how that goes, but I don't know about that. Um, Gibbs, uh, that 40 to 50 barrier, I think. Um, he's not a bad mid in draft if you're looking at, you know, say your fourth or fifth mid spot. Um, but I wouldn't be ch choosing him early by any stretch. Um, Crouch is someone that I can see has a, a little bit of potential. Uh, Brad, Brad Crouch, Crouch. sorry. Yep. Um, uh, the problem is he's just never really shown it over a long period of time. His body lets him down consistently. He was a better junior, though. He had some really outstanding numbers yeah. in the juniors. And look, with the addition of Gibbs, you could potentially see him increasing his average finally to where everyone has said that he could get to. Um, I think he ended up on 95 last year from limited games. Um, so definitely one to watch out for. And because of his low average last year, he I think he's a really good option. But if you pick him up, say, the 70 to 80 mark, He's going to provide you good value as that one of those last midfielders that he's overlooked early. Well, the best part about it, he averaged 96.2, and he only had 74.5% time on ground. Yeah, he's got room for improvement, that's for sure. Very much. Yeah, and in a midfield where he won't get tagged. Um, well, if he I pushes think... that up to about 80%, which is what mainly the elites are running at, 80-81, yeah. I mean, that's He's got to get his body right. If he gets his body right, then, then you know... The percentage on ground will go up, yeah. and then 5% improvement. Would we say not an option in standard unless he really pumps out uh, good numbers? I wouldn't be picking him in standard, yeah. but, yeah. Um, Sam Jacobs, I think he'll probably go around that 30 to 40 pick mark, and the reason for that is when rucks start to go, everyone gets nervous and needs to pick a ruck. So yep. I wouldn't say that. If you miss out on what the, the big three, which is, I suppose is probably going to be um, Ryder, uh, Gorn, and Nick Nat, if you miss out on those, I probably wouldn't even select a, a, yep. um, a Ruckman not, until later yeah. in the in Not the unless you, know, you want to bank on Cruiser and sort of take that risk, or even uh, like a Steph Martin or even a Grundy. Yep. I'd probably put them in. Maybe maybe follow yeah. you know, suits. They've all got but... their downsides as well, which, which we'll touch on later. So, But the thing is, you don't want to be chasing tails. So if people start picking the best Rucks behind you, you don't want to get the fourth or fifth best Ruck. No, You're better off getting the first it. or second best defender or forward. Yep. And then that way they'll chase your tail instead of you chasing theirs. Um, Laird will probably be one of the first defenders to go, so you're looking at d between 20 and 30, I would assume, yep. depending on, again, who goes for defenders early. Um, and then you've got your you know, Walker, Lynch, Betts, 80+. Plus. Um, and out of those, if I was to pick one ahead of the others, I'd always go Betts, um, again, for X-Factor, but also I think his scoring potential over the term of the year would be higher. Um, bench and waiver potential, so look out for them, and they could score you some points on the back end of the year or, or throughout the year just coming off the bench. Um, you've got Greenwood, Jenkins, Atkins, Douglas, and Gibson, and I think that that's a pretty good little round out there. I think even Talia could be a sneaky, even though I don't like him. He did well in 2016. Yep. If you're really struggling for options, um, you know, he really played a lockdown role, but now that Lever's gone, he might actually free himself up a little bit. Yeah, and someone else that provided some good cover on a bench against me one year, uh, one week was Mitch McGovern. So you know, he's the sort of guy that, if on his week, can bang, bang out a ton. Um, and, when and, you're not improve. and when you're not expecting it, you could always take a good mark and kick the uh, the goal to seal the score. Oh, I think. yeah, that was really... Thanks for that. that yeah, was a, is that a Collingwood no, game? It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a tie, and I hate you. <laughs> well, oh, look, that was... Uh, yeah, I don't want to relive that again. Let's, let's move on. Well, thank you for uh, for tuning in anyway. That was the Adelaide Crows. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do episode by episode, like we were saying. So next we have the Brisbane Lions. So until next time, keep it classy. Oh, I like it. Stay classy, San Diego. You... Stay classy, Supercoach Realm. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to work on that. Sorry about that. <laughs> Catch you later, Jobin. <laughs> See you guys. Yeah, you can be the greatest. You can be the best. You can be the King Kong banging on your chest. You can beat the world. You can beat the war. You can talk the guy go banging on his door. You 
can throw your hands up, you can beat the clock. Yeah. You can move a mountain, you can break rocks. You can be a master, don't wait for luck. Dedicate yourself and you go find yourself. Standing in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And the world's gonna 